All right, welcome to today's Conduit podcast. A reminder that Conduit is a tribe of leaders and owners in the residential trades. And while we don't have it all figured out yet, we do recognize that we get better together. My name is Jerry Bierman. I'm the owner operator of Alluring Glass. And today we got a friend of mine, Nick Manning, owner operator, pres- I guess president and owner of a second generation business, Manning. Uh, is it construction or contracting? It's actually Manning Contracting. Manning Contracting. So, Nick, welcome. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I, uh, the sun is shining. It's Friday, so we got yes. a lot of projects in the works right now, so it's a, it's a good good day. Yeah, yeah, you do. I, I, I follow you on social, and I see there's a flurry of activity. So, uh, um, give us a little, give us a little, and again, this is a new series for us um, that we're currently titling, that we see you, but now that, now we can know you a little bit better. So, give us a little behind the scenes, like your wife, your kids, give us a little look into your, to your family, Nick. Yep. So, I've been married 11 years today, actually. Today's my 11-year wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. Um, to Susie Manning. So Susie actually runs our design side of our business, okay. uh, Manning Home Design. We actually met at Miami University. I played football there while she was playing volleyball. And uh, I pursued her, and she did not return the favor immediately. But <laughs> thankfully, now 11 years later, uh, we're married. We actually have three kids, and we actually have another, another child on the way doing, doing January. Congrats. Thank Man. you. Yeah. So you, that is that has had to serve you the the, the pursuit um, has had to serve you well not only in your marriage um, but obviously in uh, in this crazy business um, that we're uh, that we're engaged in as well and so give us uh, and I know your dad has did your dad start the business how many years ago yeah yep so my dad was a shop teacher uh, he was a he was a collegiate wrestler and then when he got done wrestling he taught uh, originally at junior high level uh, with doing shop teaching and then um, and then coaching wrestling. His first summer that he jumped on the couch as a teacher and turned the TV on, my mom walked by and said, what are you doing? And he said, it's summer. I'm a teacher. And she said, exactly. Go get a job. So he started building decks on the side while he was teaching. And then from there, he just kind of grew his, his base of support. He's a master craftsman and extremely good with people and it was kind of a natural fit and then I think for him what he found was in the three months of the summer he would enjoy what he was doing and probably making a little bit more money than he was in the nine months of teaching at that time uh shop teaching for him ended then and officially in 1986 he incorporated uh into manning contracting from there he started as a framing crew was framing up houses and then Throughout the 90s, he was building, you know, five to seven homes a year, uh, several Homerama homes, just an incredible builder and people person. And is, is, you know, my dad, but also my best friend and also like my business coach. He's a he's someone that I just try to model what we're doing in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky after every single day. Um, So that's how the business actually got started. Wow, that's awesome. That would be another good podcast that I'd like to um, roll out sometime in the future 
how in the world, you know, to have your father as your business coach and mentor, the dynamics of that, that's fantastic. And where'd you go to typically, high Typically, I'll just give you the cliff notes. It typically goes like this. Slow down, Nick. Just slow down. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> so that's usually 90% of the advice he gives me. That's good advice. That's good <laughs> advice. And where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to high school? So I went to Fairmont High School up in Kettering, Ohio. Okay. Uh, Manning Contracting was started up in Dayton. Gotcha. Uh, so I went up there, then I went and played football at Miami. And then after football, I was planning on coaching football. My mom's brothers uh, happened to coach collegiate and professionally. And I kind of thought that was the route I was going to go. Did that for a year. Um, kind of that whole thing was pursuit of Susie. She wasn't into moving every two to three years. And she was more important to me than my career. So jumped into sales and did that in the corporate world for a, for a while, actually, um, before I started flirting with the construction business and then diving headfirst into it. Yeah. And how, how, long, is, how long have you been, uh, have you dived back in? How long have you been reconnected with your dad? Uh, let's see. Down in Cincinnati, we did our first couple kitchen remodels in, I guess that would have been 2015. So okay. I framed for my dad, framed and demo and general grunt work kind of throughout yeah. high school and college summers. Um, I was the guy that if they needed a, a pile of sticks moved from A to B, they, they had me do that. And every once in a while, they let me hold the nail gun. Yeah. Um, and I, and transparently, I didn't think I would get into the business. Um, and then I just, you know, you're around something so long and your dad takes you to job sites on Saturdays and hands you a push broom while he does a does a walk through with an electrician and yeah. I don't know at that time if you realize how much it rubs off on you. Mm. And then I got to the point where, you know, because we're, our family's been in the business so long, friends would ask questions and my dad and I did an addition off of my first house in Hyde Park in Cincinnati, I guess back in, in 2008. But at that time I wasn't, you know, we weren't advertising any contracting in Cincinnati at all. Sure. And so that kind of, I kind of knew probably around 2011 or 12 that my full-time gig was going to be running the business. Yeah. It was just a slow burn of pulling away from corporate America to jump into it. Yeah. And is Susie from Cincinnati? Is that how you ended up here? Nope. So Susie's from Batavia, Illinois, which is like the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. Oh. Um, like I said, she played volleyball at Miami when I was playing football there. She, kind of tutored me in calculus um basically nice. to make sure i stayed above water <laughs> and she nice. uh and so you know she moved to cincinnati because like i said i was gonna i was going to coach football originally and mm -hmm. i actually stayed on at miami as a graduate assistant uh after i graduated and then did that for a year so for her being in cincinnati and oxford we were only 45 minutes away from each other Mm -hmm. And then once I got out of that world, I, you know, I just, I basically came down to, to be with, be around and be with her. Yeah. So when you were in high school and or college, is that what you were thinking you were going to be as a coach? Oh yeah. No, there's no question in my mind. Actually, when I went to Miami, I wanted to be an education major because I didn't think it mattered because I thought I was going to coach football. Um, but my mom wouldn't let me because Miami's known for, their business school. And so she said, if you're going to Miami, you're doing business. So thank God she said that because I ended up being a business management major. So my mom's 
like I said, her family, her dad, they are all coaches. All my cousins are coaches at, you know, very high levels of uh, college and professional yeah. football. Yeah. So that ambition, um, how the ambition to coach obviously um, has had to have some influence on your role in your company, whether it's working with employees or subs like us, um, some of the coaching interests and some of the coaching skills you developed. Do you see a correlation between those skills that you developed as they related to athletics um, that you're able to pull that tool out of your tool belt like today um, or that you've been able to use in business? I'm still a coach. I mean, I don't even think correlation is a strong enough word. Um, my dad said it forever. He's just the head coach. So my dad is the, uh, was a collegiate wrestler. He's the winningest wrestler in the history of Ball State University. And then he was the head wrestling coach at Wright State University up in Dayton uh, before they dropped their Division I program. So for him, he always felt, he's, to this day, like he's the head coach. And yeah. I mean, I, I, there's no question in my mind that's, I, I'm, I'm coaching. I just, it's just a different, it's a different coaching. I'm, I'm a coach when I recruit people into the business and, and yep. I focus on talent. I'm, I'm on the recruiting aspect of coaching. And, yep. you know, when we're trying to change the culture or walking through projects and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in always in coach mode and I'll yeah. always be a coach. I'm actually in the, uh, going to coach wrestling for the Walnut Hills youth program. and. Um, I mean, sports is a big part of my life, yeah. my wife's life, and yeah. there's a lot of a lot of good things there. But yeah, no, yeah, you hit the nail good. on the head. You know, it's interesting. You said, you know, how how old are your kids? Uh, they're all like at their half birthday, so seven and a half, four and a half, two and a half. Gosh, man, and you're in the thick of it. Good for you. So, just very quickly, um, and I may have told you this before, but I, I've got four kids. And uh, my daughter is uh, 20. She's in Nepal right now, actually. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, she's a, brave, she's a brave girl. But I took, her to a, um, I took her to a camp in Northern California uh, called J.H. Ranch. And there were 220 father-daughters. And it was interesting because they took you through a week. Uh, it was a week intensive with your... There's, there's mother-son camps as well, but this one that I went with, father-daughter. And it's interesting you, you use the word coach because they take you through a process where you go from being the protector of your child to the coach of your child. Mm -hmm. so, and um, so anyway, as you, as you were saying that, I was like, gosh, that is so true. You end up coaching. I mean, you, may, you will physically coach your kids in sports, but they'll also – um, life lessons, things that you will be coaching your kids in as well. I, I subscribe to that. You, I, I, everything you just said, I totally agree with a hundred percent. Um, yeah. And I'm, I've been super lucky with my mom's dad who, who passed away in March of 2012. My son's named after him had a beyond big impact on my life. He called everybody coach. Cause I mean, he was a coach. He coached with Woody and Bo back in the day at Miami university. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of it was, he couldn't remember your name. And so instead of saying, Hey, big guy or Hey, whatever he'd say, Hey coach. But yeah. there was yeah. some, there was something to that where, I mean, there's, you know, we're all, we're all in that aspect. I called all my teachers in high school. They were all 
you know, coach Mitter or coach whoever. I just, I don't know, it's yeah. just how our family's always been. Yeah. Gosh, that is such a, you know, the, the what a gift that uh, God puts you in the, a family like that. That is really. Oh, no really question. There's no question. Yeah. Gosh. So I, I, you know, one of the things that, uh, that we talked before this call was, you know, personal heroes, um, people that you look up to hold in high regard. Um, who are some of those people you probably touch on some of them as, as far as your, your dad's concerned and uh, grandparents? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the first two or three that come to my mind are you know, my dad, obviously. Um, and then my mom's dad, uh, we called him Bubba. His name is John. Mm-hmm. I mean, he greeted me at the gate of every high school football game with a fist bump, never missed a, never missed a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, actually, my mom, too. I mean, she is a, a tough, tough woman. And, um, and, and, and I mean that in like a loving, a loving yeah. way. And I mean, she's an entrepreneur. So she, both my parents have always ran their own business. And my mom worked at Bob Evans when she got out of Ball State. She was the first ballet major from Ball State University. Wow. And then when she got out of Ball State, she knew she wanted to start a dance company. Um, I don't know if I'm breaking news here, Jerry, but mm. not a ton of money in that initially. So she actually was, she was, she would, she would be a waitress at Bob Evans from, I mean, she had the first shift, whatever time that was, 5 a.m. till noon. Mm-hmm. And then she'd go teach dance till 8 p.m. and just get up and she would hit that hammer every day. Did that forever. And now she's, she's going to kill me for not remembering this exact time, but she's over 40 years that she's ran Terry's Dance Workshop. And she also owns the Miami Valley Dance Company. And I think her, insane pursuit of her goals has to rub off on you um so i mean i hate to be cliche i don't really have any mentor or any people that i look up to outside of my family i just i don't need to look very far and i've never been that impressed with other people because i just we're all kind of doing this thing together so you know those are my those are my those are my heroes um yeah you know there's other people that have had big impacts on my life um, yeah. Joel Bockelman, who owns Changing Gears, he was he was a big he's been a big impact in my life because he got me to to man camp. I got baptized, and he's been a big mentor from that perspective. And you know, so I would say he's mm-hmm. he's someone that I would maybe mention in that that breath as well. Mm-hmm. I'm making notes of that. That's really good. And siblings, do you have brothers, sisters? Yep, so I have two sisters. So I'm in the middle. Uh, my older sister, Allison, lives in Charlotte. And then my younger sister, Natalie, lives up in Dayton. Wow. And is the, is the family unit, you know, with your sisters, would they, um, would they share, like, the, the, the connection, the, the continuous family unit? Are they a part of that as well? Oh, yeah. We just got back from, we do, you know, a trip in Norris Lake and, there's 11 grandchildren. My sister Allison has five uh, and Natalie has three and Natalie's husband is a contractor up in Dayton. Um, my sister Allison probably has about as good a design eye as anybody and her husband wow. is in sales, but then they flip, they kind of flip houses on the side. He's really good. I mean, we've all worked for my dad at some point, so he kind of sits at the, the top of the mountain uh, and has influenced mm-hmm. us all. But yeah, we're all, I mean, we're a pretty tight knit group. Yeah. Your dad's the patriarch. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And he'd probably shy away from that comment. I mean, you, you got to understand yeah. my dad. He's not a, he's not a spotlight guy. And yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of like does his thing and yeah. influences, influences that way. He's, he's old school. It's very appealing. Yeah. Yeah. I made a note also that you, as you're chatting, you know, and you've heard the term that more is, more is caught than taught. And um, what you're brought up, in a family, which I was as well, um, you know, high character, high integrity family. Um, it certainly gives you, it gives you a tremendous advantage, um, with your career and relationships for sure. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. So you went, um, but you, you went down a path. So you got out of college and you said, you know what, before you jumped into the family business, you thought I'm going to go, you were talking about corporate sales. Give us a little, snapshot of that um that took so that's where you went off on your own i guess to kind of test the water so to speak yep so i sold there's a company out of dayton ohio the berry company and they are basically a third party advertiser for yellow pages believe it or not yellow pages jerry if i can refresh your memory they're a phone book <laughs> that have advertisement inside of them and so from 07 till uh, I guess the middle of 09, right when the economy was booming, uh, I was selling print advertising and online advertising for Cincinnati Bell Yellow Pages. Yes. And then I got recruited out of there, and then I went into medical device sales for a company uh, called Striker Medical. Yep. So that Striker Medical was a great group of, of people there for for five or six, or I guess longer than that, almost nine years. Um doing that and had a, had a great experience there as well. That's great. So what, what are some of the, what are some of the tools, um, skills, what are some of the skills that you develop there that are now helping you, um, in your current position? Yeah. Most of them come from Stryker. I mean, we had a, there was a lot of really good leaders at Stryker. Um, I was very fortunate to be placed under, tutelage of, of some great business leaders there that really lets you run your business like it's your own. So it's a great way to kind of get, do the entrepreneurial thing. And um, I think the biggest thing I learned though, from a guy there that, that I look up to and was a great business leader was because I moved into a leadership role. There was basically as a leader, you have to focus on two things, top line and talent. You focus on those two things and then you, you know, you distribute out the rest. You're the culture keeper. You're the person that sets the tone. And then you focus on those top line of talent ideals and the business will grow. Um, yeah. And I think that's, you know, for me with Manning Contracting, we're growing and I got a couple of project managers now, a couple of labor guys. And the hard thing is for me not wanting to be on site all day, every day. Mm -hmm. But the reality is for us to grow our business, I'm in charge of the culture. Mm -hmm. And then I have to set this, I have to find talent and I have to focus on top line. Mm -hmm. And there's a million other things that fall under both those categories. But if, you know, if I ever pull back and check myself and look at my quadrant two activities and say, okay, I'm not, what did I do today for our top line and our talent? Mm -hmm. If I hit those, those, those targets, you know, over time, that 20 mile March idea, we're going to be in a we're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Well, and as you're discussing all the responsibilities of a leader owner, um, 
one of the, well, I just said the word responsibility. Like, you know, it, it sounds like you're somebody that um, was raised and trained um, and the environments you've been in have lent themselves for you taking responsibility that um, you are responsible for the culture. You are responsible for the talent. You are responsible for the top line. And um, certainly it doesn't make you better than other people. You're just different from other people. When you're, when you're somebody that enjoys uh, taking responsibility, taking ownership, um, you got to have, you got to have a strong back and broad shoulders for sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, certainly not better than anybody. Uh, I mean, we're only as good as our team, but I absolutely, uh, you know who Jocko Willink is? I don't. Okay. Jocko Willink was a Navy SEAL. He wrote an incredible book and the name is fleeting me right now. And I'm walking so that I don't get distracted during this call. Otherwise I Google it. Yeah but it was basically about being accountable on the battlefield and it, it was a you know, bestseller. It's, it's worth reading or getting out to your team. Yes. Um, and essentially for me, it was very repetitive reading. We just didn't have a choice and I hate to keep going back to my family, but at the same time, like we all had to be accountable. Certainly you or your, your, your children had friends who, you know, if the teacher gave you a seat, it was the teacher's fault and, you know, well, the teacher, they didn't do this. or didn't do that. And like in my family, it's like, oh, you didn't get a C or your teacher's doing everything right. What did you do wrong? And, yes. you know, there was a level of accountability we had to have immediately. And it is my business. And I got to make sure I'm accountable to the business and to the profit and loss and to the pipeline and to having the right people, you know, on the field, you know, put the best 11 on the field at all times and, and things will sort themselves out. And that's, that has to fall on my shoulders. Yes. Extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. Get it, Jerry. Yeah. Telling you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I did the audio book of that uh, oh. when it came out. That's a great, well, a lot of these books are, you know, you, you, you listen to them or you watch them uh, or you read them, sorry, a, a couple times. And um, I used to read the book. Do you remember Good to Great? Of course. Yeah. Jim Collins. Uh, yeah. I used to read that once a year and it's like, oh my God. I mean, there's just so much. Yeah. There's there. Yeah. That's, and extreme ownership is a good, that's a, that's a great term as well, is that when you're looking, uh, when you're coaching your team, um, you're trying to coach responsibility and ownership. That's a, that's really, yeah, I, again, I totally subscribe to that. What are some of the, uh, what are some of the big wins and, um, and big losses? And it, it's interesting because I th think you said, I guess your dad started the business in 1986. So he's lived through some cycles of mm -hmm. uh, really strong, favorable market conditions. And he, he's obviously lived through, you know, the, for us, the, the, you know, the great recession um, right. of 07, 08, 09, which was terrible. What, um, yep. how, did, how did that affect you from wins and losses? You know, I would say just to, to answer your question directly on, sorry, I'm walking by uh, some noise yeah. here, but. To answer your question directly on 07, 08, 09, I, I only saw it from afar. Again, I was selling yellow pages, so I saw the fact that, like, again, another shocking statement here. No one's buying yellow page advertising in 08. Yes. Um, for my dad, though, what I saw, and I saw this actually with my wife's uh, dad, is, or, yeah, her father as well, one of his best friends was a, uh, an awesome gentleman, and he was a big-time developer. 
And I saw him at the pinnacle of success, you know, 04 or five, I was up there visiting and, and then I saw him lose everything. I mean, he, he, he was the prototypical over leveraged and not an unbelievable guy and just got caught in that whirlwind. So I saw how that affected his business and decimated it. My dad has always stayed very lean and my dad is a hard worker. So Mm -hmm. when things slowed down, he had such a great reputation on the remodeling side of the business and he can do everything you need to do in the field. He sped up um, as crazy as that sounds, because for him, he just, he just started self-performing most of the work uh, where there was other contractors that he used to compete with that maybe now they couldn't compete because they couldn't keep people on staff. He yes. was winning all that business. So I saw two different aspects where one guy was over leveraged and he had hit so many pinnacles and then, and then lost it, literally everything. Um, and then I saw my dad. So it's, it's given me a useful fear, yeah. probably over fear sometimes. Right. I mean, it's that actually, I think Jim Collins uses the term productive paranoia. Yes. Um, you know, I think I have some productive paranoia, but also, I mean, it can be paralyzing as well sometimes. Sure. Um, so as far as that, as far as like our wins and losses, we've been very, very fortunate uh, with projects. Uh, we are a very transparent team. And so from a financial, just purely financially um, speaking, we've had some great projects. Yeah. This is going to shock you again. We've also had some projects that haven't been great financially, or we've lost money on projects. We've dealt with customers. Yes. I don't want to pay the bill. Yes. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've been through that. And Jocko Willink uses the term good. And no matter what happens in life, you just, all right, good. They don't want to pay the bill. Good. We're going to lose money. Good. And, and the reason yeah. is, is at some point you just say, okay, this has happened. There's nothing we can do here. We could go sit in court and right. fight this and, it's just not, that's not in our nature unless we had to. So how do we learn from it? And it's like, okay, good. I'm glad that happened. Cause here's how it's going to change our processes moving forward. And you know, 10 years from now, we're going to look back and we'll have made that money up and, and a lot more 10 X that money because yeah. of that learning lesson. And so I don't really think of, I mean, certainly I've lost sleep. I've looked at ceilings. I've, you know, while I'm laying in bed, so yeah. I don't want it to seem like the bad doesn't affect me. It does. But at the same time, it's like, I just am not a dweller and I know things are going to, you know, even out and you just kind of plow forward. Yeah. My mom, both my parents are deceased, but I have, they're fantastic um, role models and um, very similar experience to your upbringing. And my mom used to say, Jerry, if there's, if you can take something, if you can take some learning away from every experience you'll never really have a bad experience. There's always something good that you can take away from it. And so there's certain things that you're, you're taught and, and, and again, things that are caught um, as a young person that really serves you. I'll be 53 this year and I'm on the back end with the kids. So my youngest is 18. She'll be a freshman in college. So, um, oh. which is awesome. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's great. I got two off the payroll, which is even better. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, Where's she going to school? She's go, the youngest one's going to um, University of Cincinnati. So oh, she, great, super. And she, and she will live there. Like, they, they <laughs> Keep her to, close, though. They they got to get out of the house. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. And the other one, my my oldest daughter, is in nursing school down at Ohio University. So beautiful. Oh, super. Both my sisters went to OU. 
Yeah, good, good school. She loves it, and she's the one that's Very in. Cool. She's the one that's in Nepal, and and you know that that's one of the things that blows you away with your kids is that when they make good decisions and when they're you know in her case she's um, she's got a she's got a ministry bug as well is that she loves to serve people and um, and so she's twenty and she's in Nepal. I think she's uh, either today or tomorrow, they're doing one of the flights around the Himalayas. And so what a great experience for the uh, for young people. Um, anyway, but again, goes back to, you know, for us, we didn't have, uh, we, we, were, we were really blessed to have a, a family that really loved and encouraged and challenged. So it, let, let me add, last question for today. And, um, um, and I may have sent, I hope I sent this question to you in advance. If, if you, and this might be a question or a conversation you have with your children as they're growing up, but if you could speak to a younger version of yourself, um, so whatever, 15, 20 years ago or so, um, what, mm-hmm. what, what wisdom or insight or encouragement would you speak to them? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't read that ahead of time. Um, so I'll just, I'll answer off the cuff. Okay. <laughs> Probably the first thing I would say is go start a business mm. and go fail. And, you know, you've heard the saying where it's, what's your key to your success? Good choices. How did you get there? Bad choices. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's at some point you just got to go and do it. Um, as much as I had a great time at my corporate gigs and they were fruitful and I learned a lot. I do. There, there are times where I'll, I don't like to look back, but I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say go start a business. Go cut grass. Go do something. Get up and go work. Mm-hmm. 15 to 20 years. So that puts me at like, I'll be 36 in a week, so 16 years old. Yeah. I would say um, that you can't replace hard work. And then I would just say go find some mentors. Go, go spend some yeah. time intentionally with people that, that, that you can look up to and, and build those relationships and not everyone's going to have, I, I recognize the, the blessings I've been given, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm playing football at Miami university. You get guys from all different uh, backgrounds and, yeah. and I was, you think you're, this is normal. And then you realize, Oh, this is rare. And so go, go find yourself with a business. And when you got nothing to lose and learn from them and provide value. Yeah. And then That's I would good. just say, you know, I just think the more responsibility you can put on your shoulders and pay for your gas in your own car. And that's a bet. My parents, I mean, they were, they could have easily paid for the gas in my car in college or, or anything like that. But it's, I always had a job. It was just, it was drilled into my head that you just had to work. And yeah. I didn't miss out on anything. I mean, I had a well, blast. It's not like, that's good. You know. That's good. Well, I got to stop it for today. However, you just gave me a bunch of more podcasts that we could do in the future because one of the pieces that you just hit is mentors and when I was a young person um, I was challenged by I was fortunate to be around a lot of leaders like your dad as well and a lot of those leaders said continue to pursue mentors and one of the things that's fascinating is that I've never been turned down in the pursuit of a mentor I've never had somebody that some some older sage wise in my case, man, that I've reached out to to say, hey, can I buy you lunch or a cup of coffee and get some wisdom or insight on my career or blah, blah, blah. I, I've never been turned down. I, I don't know that there's 
I don't know. I don't know leaders, mentors out there that would say no to a young person or a younger person seeking them for uh, mentorship. So I think no, that's I agree. profound uh, advice and, and, and reminders. Seek mentors. That's Nick. That's, that's really great. Hey, listen, thank you for your time. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and a little glimpse into your, your family as well, Nick. I greatly appreciate it. Sounds great. Thanks, Jerry. Have a great one.